We've been doing the same thing for five years, right? We haven't changed anything we're doing, and now we're helping even more people. 20 sounds too much. 20 sounds too much. 10% is uh, sounds reasonable. It still reasonable. sounds too good to be now true. Now I'm the, I'm the reasonable guy now. Just because uh, we are using safe protocols doesn't mean somebody else is using the same thing. Ah. So if, when, if somebody's helping you a lot, 20%, I would be very careful digging into why and how they're paying it. Hey guys, my name is Tiffany. I'm not much of a YouTuber, but I did just get fucked by Celsius last week. She's not the only one who got fucked by Celsius. Part two, let's go. Welcome to Fraudsters. We, of course, are the deep dive mavens of fraud and going into the minds of the greatest con artists of all time. I'm your co-host, Sina Gaznavi, along with Ariel Lieti and Justin Williams. Ariel, first, come on. Happy birthday. I got to uh, say happy yay. birthday to you, the queen it's of the show. Birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> so good. So happy that you're on the show. You're getting older on the show. Wow. We have a record of how much older you're going to get every single yep. time. Yeah, it's going to be good to look back. Just turned 27 again. Oh, Can oh, you believe? Oh, oh. Wow. Just, oh my God, yeah. Justin. We. I. I'll be honest. I did not know that you were 27. Well, uh, now you know. It is my you industry carry age. yourself yeah. with such maturity mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, for a, for a PYT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. A PYT. Michael indeed. Jackson didn't make that up, right? That's been in the lexicon, and then he just ruined it, right? Uh, who could say? She, who could say 20, for sure? She's 27. How do you want her to answer that? Yeah, I don't know, I, Justin. I that's more of a you question. That's more of a you question. I feel I go to you oh, for yeah, these so answers. Oh, yes, in 1980. <laughs> yeah. PYT was a constant. <laughs> I was expecting a nice historical monologue about the etymology of PYT, but it's fine. My dad tells me that they were saying PYT a long time ago, so I'm going to have to just listen to him. I don't My know dad's a lawyer. That's right. Goo goo ga ga. <laughs> well, today we continue my very embarrassing saga of getting scammed on Celsius. Wow. Oh. Um, really, the the love and roasting that I've gotten <laughs> about this has been really has made me feel really good. It's um, not a lot of love. I've seen the Discord. People are uh, <laughs> calling it all kinds of names, not necessarily nice things yeah. being said. People are disappointed. Uh, this is to say it, say it lightly. Uh, but join our Discord if you want to come and you know drag me around uh, on there. Uh, link in bio on fraud, at Fraudsters LPN if you don't know already by now. Uh, well, today, well, well, because we're like an anti-fraud podcast, and you keep it'd be like if Neil deGrasse Tyson kept like falling for like fake planets. <laughs> <laughs> Just continuously. Over. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's not huh? real. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, today, uh, listen, I'm not the only one, obviously, that got scammed by Celsius. Today, we have an incredible interview with Tiffany Fong, who calls herself a reluctant crypto content creator, to talk about how she also lost money in Celsius. But before that, let's get some just quick recent news. Now, of course, this is coming out. In March of 2023, I'm sure people will be listening to this into the future at some point. Oh, yes. But there is a deal in place right now with the bankruptcy court uh, with this place called Nova Wolf Digital Management LP to sell its crypto platform Celsius to Nova Wolf uh, in an ongoing bid to refund customers our money, right? And so basically a big company comes in that says, we'll buy Celsius. And what is going to happen which is not great, is all of us are going to get shares in this new company, which instead of giving me cash, I'm getting shares in another digital company. <laughs> so this is not Celsius. This is a different scam that you got scammed on. 
I mean, the this other scam is trying to out-scam the other scam, and who knows how much of a scam Nova Wolf is. We'll see. If I get my money back, technically that makes it not a scam, but I don't think I'm ever going to get my money back. Yeah, I mean, no, they're giving you shares. You've been scrumped, Cena. <laughs> been scrumped. Although I did get to get take out a little bit because I had it in a part of Celsius that was not the scammy part, if I could say it very simply. Mm. So I was able to withdraw some money. It was the uh, top. You were you weren't at the the top the of, the of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like no. uh, middle of the road, middle class in the Ponzi mm. scheme, if you will. Yeah. Oh God, it's uh, wow. it's terrible. Okay, so and then just to put a pin in this, uh, the company owes 1.7 million customers, approximately 4.7 billion. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm the I'm the point seven billion. I'm the point. So just <laughs> no, uh, it's very embarrassing. Okay, well, my I'm just it's better. Honestly, better just gambling. Better just gambling at an actual casino. There are more rules at a casino to protect me than there are in crypto. Yeah, come down um, to Atlantic City next time you want to invest in a company yeah. that's not my company. Just come to Atlantic <laughs> City instead. Okay, I will. I like the Borgata down there. I've been to the AC. You know, yeah. it's fun. I have a White House sub sandwich. Oh, I love White House subs. Big uh, ups to AC and White House subs. Put a knife and fork in for a nice lobster <laughs> thermidor. You're just better off playing, like, I don't know, dice in an alley at this point. <laughs> well, that's the, way the, that's the way the night ends in Atlantic City. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I've made some money off 7-Eleven doubles. I'll, I'll rock that. I will rock that. You're better off. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have a gambling problem, I think. Yeah. I thought I, I was just a normal guy. We're uh, learning as we go. Yeah. As we go here. <laughs> All right. So we have some clips, though, before we get to this Tiffany interview, because Alex Mashinsky hangs himself all the time here. And so this first one, I mean, Lordy, uh, the video itself is called Lies, Lies, Lies. So you can imagine what is, this is going to be chock full of. Very sophisticated clip art of a poop yeah. emoji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On his mouth. <laughs> We've been doing the same thing for five years, right? We haven't changed anything we're doing. And now we're helping even more people. And for example... Celsius has 900 employees. We raised one of the largest rounds of funding, 750 million. We have an open book. We have proof of reserves, right? We have all the things. We have more proofs than any bank. We tell you exactly <laughs> how do we make money, where do we deploy, what percentage goes here. We show you every week, we show our financials, right? But unlike your banks that do that and keep all the profit to themselves, in the crypto world, we give most of the profits or most of the yield back to the community. Something, something bad happens with the Celsius deployment. The Celsius standing behind it? Yep, they're standing behind it. That's where companies are tested, right? Because when they when they blow up, when they uh, run away, or when they don't perform, or they don't deliver, it's too late for you. You cannot just go back to the decision. All right. Uh, well, that was just full of lies. He's talking about they're so transparent. They've got all these reserves. Uh, the, the problem is they had all these reserves. They were just putting them back into the market and betting on things. And then other employees were buying like libraries of NFTs with all of their money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you give all of your profits away to everyone and then keep doing that, you don't have any money left to run the company and you have to basically run a Ponzi scheme at the end of the day. Yeah, I like I said, it's like I'm more transparent than any bank. It's like didn't banks undergo like pretty like thorough stress test after the 2008 financial crisis where they had they got like literally everything cracked open? Yeah. One of the things that happened after 2008 was that the actual cash reserve had to go up significantly so that if something happened, they could weather a stress test or, you know, the storm uh, or a, a downturn like that. So I don't know. It's just all of what he said is incorrect. So maybe it was correct for like one week of what, when Celsius was operating, yeah. but in the whole is just complete trash. All righty. Well, it's also when he says uh, we give weekly like you can't really, as a large financial organization, give weekly updates. That's not even feasible, right? Like you really need to like be like monthly, quarterly thing like that to be like I give. I crack the books open every week. It's like nobody who's actually in a corporation would want to see the books every week. Yeah, <laughs> every week we gave passwords to everyone just to log into our Google Sheets. <laughs> um, 
Is that what made you fall for it? That he was like, it's I exactly got this right. every single week. No. I could, show, I could show you. Honestly, Ariel, if I even listened to this man speak and was convinced, it would be worse. I was just a guy who thought this was going to be an easy mm. place to make some passive income. Mm. <laughs> Woo! Okay, okay. The dream. If you check in on a bodega... Uh, every week. He'll be like, why are you coming here so often, man? Ain't nothing changed in this last week. Come here at the end of each month. Minimum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, here's another one. Okay, so he's, he's giving some advice and then the other guest is going to dunk on him a little bit. And save and store their value, but you should use digital assets instead of stocks or bonds because those are already trading at all-time highs and you don't want to buy these things at, at their highs. All right, another that, question. That is, that is the Go worst ahead. financial advice you could give. You're telling people to take I don't give financial highly. advice. That's you what I You just gave do. it. You told people to borrow no, money said, against their Bitcoin. You I told them to go one, on leverage and take out loans and borrow money. I mean, I, you know, you know, you know who's going to lose even more I money, do. though? The, the lenders. Anyone dumb enough to lend on Bitcoin. Because once Bitcoin implodes, the lenders are going to take a huge hit. You know, that's what happened in the mortgage market you know, with the subprime market. And I always said this when I was warning about it and encouraging people to short the subprime market. I knew that the, the lenders were going to be left holding the bag when the people who borrowed money to buy houses couldn't repay their loans. Well, the people who borrow money against their Bitcoin, ultimately, they're not going to have the money back because I think Bitcoin is going to collapse so fast that the lenders are not going to be able to liquidate the Bitcoin fast enough to recover the loans. And so there, there's there going to be a huge clear. loss there among the just lending article, because they loaned against a phony asset. There was just an article in Forbes that listed the 10 richest people in the world and how none of them paid any taxes. And when they dug through their taxes, they realized all of them borrowed against their stock. All of them. Jeff Bezos <laughs> and Warren Buffett and uh, Steve Jobs. And every, not Steve What's Jobs, your point? No, oh, but that. at least, look, at least stocks are real assets Many of them pay dividends that you can use to make your margin payment. Bitcoin um, pays look, dividends, Peter. I, I like how he's, he's comparing like regular people to people with like yes. tremendous levels of assets. Yeah, it's like it's like, dude, if you can't pay back your loan on your Bitcoin, you don't have like Amazon yeah. <laughs> as a as like a way to pay for it. <laughs> it's so it's so silly. And by the way, this is have this interview is happening November seventeenth, twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. Um, the price of Bitcoin in November of 21 was at an all-time high, $67,000. What happened after that was the fucking crash, where it went all the way down within a few months to the 30s, and it popped back up again. But now it's at, like, what is it? 20 some right now. Yeah. Um, Mashinsky was just saying there, why would you buy stocks when you can buy, why would you buy stocks when they're at all time highs, when you could buy digital assets instead? When yeah. digital assets have no regulation, no protection for consumers, it is gambling. It's so he is like, I really am very supportive of this guy, Duncan, on Mashinsky here. It's really kind of crazy. And to your point, Justin, like rich people, wealthy people, can borrow against their assets because they have assets that retain value in some form to pay back a loan if things go south. What do you have? You don't have anything. It's like taking out loans uh, because you have the King Griffey Jr. upper deck rookie card. Yes. And then being like, oh, man, baseball cards aren't worth anything unless it's like maybe unless it's Mickey Mantle's rookie card. That's like the only card that's worth anything now. Yeah, or it's like uh, you. Oh, we could go back to our Chris D'Elia example. You have like a post signed poster of Chris D'Elia. You took out a million dollar loan against that signed poster. All of a sudden, the Chris D'Elia signature is not worth as much money anymore for some reason. You're gonna have to explain this to me in like Beanie Baby terms. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, Beanie Baby is a good one. It's Beanie like go perfect. Go for it, cards. Justin. It's, go it's, for it. It'd be like if it's 1990. What was it? Beanie Baby 1997 yeah. when it's probably at its peak. So this guy's selling Beanie Babies, and he's like, it's always gonna be 1997 prices, but then it's 2005, like 
within two months <laughs> and your Beanie yeah. Baby collection <laughs> is just now a sign of mental illness rather than anything that's not. Yeah. You think all these Beanie Babies are going to be worth millions someday. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go to the bank and the bank is going to be like, you know what? This guy's got a point. These Beanie Babies are going nothing but up. And yeah. so they give you a loan and you buy a home. And your only oh, collateral no. are these beanie babies. Yeah. And so people at Celsius were using Bitcoin the same way they use these beanie babies. And they were paying for their lives on the loans that they were getting. And when Perfect. this all plummets, you got to give all your beanie babies away. And in this case, it's all your Bitcoin and to wow. pay off the loan. And it's worth nothing. And you owe money. It's awful. I understand that more. I got a warehouse full of the original Tickle Me Elmo's. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, that's worth something and I want that. <laughs> it's emotionally, emotionally. Emotionally, it's yeah, I feel feelings about it. That makes sense to me now. Thanks, because I didn't. Who is Mickey Mantle? Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, but in fairness, that is an old reference. <laughs> No, you know, uh, uh, was, and, and for people going, well, the stock market is also speculative. It's like if you buy in just like a well-known ETF that like those crash too. But like so for like the uh, like Vanguard S&P 500 one, which is like one of the safest yeah. ones you could buy. It peaked at like 430, but it only went down to like, you know, like 360 or something like as it's crashed. It's not going to go to like, zero. Yeah, it's not going to like zero. <laughs> it's not going to go to zero. That's the thing. There are places where you could just sit and chill in with your money. You know, you don't need to be trying to get high off that crypto. Um, okay, here's another one from Mashinsky. By the way, Chrissy Mashinsky follows me on Twitter now. Oh, oh shit. So, hello, Chrissy. Well Great to hear you. Great to have you part of the Fraudsters family. Um, maybe we'll do a series on you one day. I don't know. Mm. Keep your nose clean. Um, you're probably complicit. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, here's another clip. So many uh, tech founders, and particularly crypto founders, they have this kind of this cachet, this like aura about them that really attracts certain investors and groups of people. Did Mashinsky have that? Was that true for him in Celsius? Bros. Yes. He often spoke about Celsius in very grand terms. He often spoke about leaving a legacy for his kids. That's why he's building this company. And um, he often spoke about building a decentralized financial platform. So he definitely has that sort of draw for investors and customers. He definitely built a legion of loyal customers who he calls Celsians. And um, he was able to draw a lot of institutional investors as well. Last year, Celsius raised $750 million from some very credible institutional investors. Dude, when you speak so big about your company that you're doing all of these elaborate things and people are still asking you questions like, I mean, we could we don't have it here today, but there are these town halls that Mashinsky would do. And people would ask, like, hey, what happens if there's a bankruptcy? Are people protected from bankruptcy? Yes, they're protected from bankruptcy. Very much protected from bankruptcy. No, we're not. No, no. <laughs> this is 100 percent incorrect. Absolutely. More protected than bankruptcy for uh, the bank. No, this money's gone. And I, I just hate to be like one of these like old school guys, but, you know, people that are making like Henry Ford promises, but they're all just like wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah. Like, I feel like I feel like you should wear like a suit if you're going to build a legacy. No one in a sweatshirt has built a legacy that I know of at a conference. And it's also kind of like a white guy thing, too. It's like very much just like kind of white because there's no black man without a suit that uh, gets to speak at these things and gets all this money and claims right. he's gonna, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Mark Zuckerberg created a legacy, not a good one, but it's still a legacy, right? Uh, yeah. Doesn't but he I mean, have children? Does he have children? He has children, right? Yeah, but, like that's sequestered that's, away but he had a, but kids. there was like, even Facebook was even like a tangible kind of like thing. Yeah. It's like, these guys are going up with nothing and then just saying stuff that's like like incredibly suspicious but like the sweatshirt is part when 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 they say oh he had a, cer a certain people responding to it it's like it's kind of like this online gambling stuff is like bro culture in a way yeah, right so you're trying to look like an everyman so you yeah. wear the sweatshirt but in reality like just you could wear a suit it's okay you can not be a scammer it's okay there is no woman 
that is up there with um, some um, Uggs on. Some leggings. And, uh, <laughs> Victoria's yeah. Secret pink sweatsuit. Yeah, with the pink on the butt. Juicy yeah. on the butt. Juicy couture. <laughs> Let me tell you about these stocks and bonds or whatever. Yeah. I got a couple hundred beanie babies. They <laughs> 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 should be putting an insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, no yeah, conferences. Like, there's no CNBC interviews for that lady. <laughs> well, going off your exact sentiment of how are these wealthy people just wearing like chains and sweatshirts and shirts and stuff like that? Here's um, an interview with Richard Hart, who everyone in crypto also believes is running a scam with his crypto called Hex, which is like a weird. A weird crypto where it's run on like a certified deposit where he mm. says time is the way that it goes up. So people put money into this Ethereum address and then it gets locked up for a certain amount of time and then more money gets returned back to them. Now, the the price of this thing has continuously <laughs> slowly gone up and it's like fluctuate or whatever. But like regulators have looked at them. Anyways, this guy, Richard Hart, is one of the early Bitcoin multi multimillionaires. But what's funny here is that he is calling Celsius a scam, and he's been calling it a scam for a while. So here's, here's Richard Hart here. I want to play a little clip of uh, Alex Mashinsky. It's an interview I did with him uh, seven months ago in December. I was with him in person, um, and I asked him about yields, and this is what he had to say about protocols that generate high APYs. Take a listen. I mean, that sounds... 20 to sounds too much. 20 sounds too 10% much. 10% is there. Uh, it sounds still reasonable. sounds too good to be now true. Now I'm the, I'm the reasonable guy now. Now that everybody else is uh, throwing yields around. Are there any risks to this strategy? Because why can't I, why isn't anybody else doing this? So not all yield is created equal. Right. Just because uh, we are using safe protocols doesn't mean somebody else is using <laughs> the same thing. So okay. if, if somebody's offering you a lot, 20%, I would be very careful digging into why and how they're paying it. This is what he said. If somebody's offering you a lot, 20%, I would be very careful in and in, in look into how they're paying it. So uh, I'm just going to let you respond to that. This is a piece of trash that tried to get your fees <laughs> from you and did, that told you that it was doing was safe. It wasn't. That uh, advertised his product as a good alternative to a bank. I'm the guy that tells you crypto drops 85 and 95% relatively often. I'm the guy that posts the price chart with all the dips measured. Look at this dip. Look at that dip. Look at this dip. Look at that dip. He's the guy that lied to you. He's the guy that's bankrupt. He's the guy that screwed a lot of people out of their futures because they took home equity loans out and they mortgaged their houses to buy his quote safe product and lost all their money. So I am a self-help author who's got two self-help books you can download for free. Right. They gave away oh, hacks free to Bitcoin <laughs> holders that uh, is now doing the world's largest free airdrop with Pulse Chain. I got a new song with Ghostface Killer. Did this guy just say, I'm not like other guys? Did he just do that? <laughs> yes. I'm not like them. Come on, baby. I'm the guy that's going to tell you to dip in and dive in, okay? I'm, I'm here hey, supporting okay. you. I, I don't trust you. You're wearing a Gucci t-shirt. Your microphone is Louis V. I saw yeah. that. What are we doing? And time. What is that? Money. What is the equation? Money plus time equals comedy or something? What is that? <laughs> tragedy. Oh, tragedy yeah. plus timing. <laughs> it's like I got two books out. I got a new single with Ghostface Killer and Jada Kiss coming out. That's it. I got the new uh, Wallaby Clarks. <laughs> One thing that I found out about Richard Hart, I actually met somebody who was an early crypto guy with Richard Hart uh, when I was out one night. And he's like, so far, Richard hasn't ripped anyone off yet. So far. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, yet. And I was like, okay, okay, all right, all right. Okay. So it could happen, but it's funny to see when – you know, people in this space are like, that's a scam. This is awful. What is this guy saying? And it's like, who do you end up believing when the, I don't know, honestly, I don't know. This it's is like, exactly like the dating scene, just so you're aware. Tell me. 
Because men will be like, he's lying to you, baby girl. Come on. Come over here to the good side. And then you go to the good side. The good side is just as bad. Oh, <laughs> so, God. It's the same. I tell. I used to show women when I was dating. I was like, here's the charts where I cheated. <laughs> um, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Here's the ones where I was emotionally unavailable. I'm going to let you know all the dips before you the join. The dips and the dives. No, yeah, no. That's, that's so true. I would do a similar thing. I'd be like, here is my emotional roller coaster. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm sad. You can see it's pretty volatile. Uh, you yeah. see it go up and down. You'll have to deal with it. So it's good to be transparent up front. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I here's when I don't have life. a bed frame. <laughs> you don't have to deal with that yeah that's I'm a buy, honey i'm a buy low okay okay yeah. if you get me at air mattress and you stay on board though <laughs> then i know, then I know you down yeah. that's my problem i get on board with the air mattress yeah that's when they leave you once they're once they're doing well yeah you gotta no, buy low and say. sell high it seems like you buy low and then they I get lower. Buy high i gotta <laughs> buy high you, you have to respect somebody that has aspirations because the guys that they're not gonna really do better. They're always gonna be on an air mattress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a real man with an air mattress will always appreciate the air mattress phase of your life, and then the mm-hmm. bed is for you. He he will let mm-hmm. you pick out the bed and bed frame. That's wow. I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> he will take you to Nebraska Furniture Mart in the suburbs of Kansas City, Missouri, and go. Look, you can get anything in here because of the punishment that because you happened. stuck by me. Yeah, when I when I was sleeping with the air mattress, that uh, I had to buy a pump for it because I passed out trying to blow that thing up. And then we and all the nights that we actually woke up on the floor because you know it's got a slow leak. It's a slow leak. Yes, I have literally been there. Is what yeah. I'm saying. I've been on the ground floor <laughs> slowly. It's not supposed to have that weight on it. Oh my god. All right. We'll be right back after this with our interview with Tiffany Fong. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, Tiffany Fong, the reluctant crypto content creator, recently met Joe Biden and was featured in Cointelegraph as the go-to source (laughs) for all things crypto like leaks and interviews with people like Sam Bankman-Fried. Her Twitter's at Tiffany Fong underscore or Instagram at Tiffany Fong. Uh, so much fun speaking with Tiffany. Uh, let's go to that interview. Tiffany Fong, thank you so much for joining us on Fraudsters. You know, Tiffany got on and she was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're you're on the you do this podcast and then you had money in Celsius. <laughs> yes. Got yes. scammed by a fraudster. <laughs> this is why we do it. Fuck. <laughs> Tiffany, I started following you on social media because you started posting about Celsius. And I thought your posts were super funny. And and I was like, oh, man, this is a little cathartic that someone's very upset and yelling at Alex Mashinsky and his it's his wife. Right. Chrissy Mashinsky. All the time. time. Yeah. So welcome to the show. Uh, Tell me first or tell us first what. When you describe Celsius to your friends, maybe you're out, you've had a couple of drinks. I don't know if you drink or not, but like if you you're <laughs> you, you have to at this point, I suppose. Yes. How do you how do you describe Celsius and how you got scammed to your friends that don't I mean, know about crypto? Well, there's a whole like sell short squeeze community that was like we're actually huge believers in Alex Mashinsky. I kind of just like heard about a platform that offered yield on your crypto for letting it just sit there. And I had been holding crypto since I, I got my first Bitcoins when I was like in high school, just because my relative was Bitcoin mining. I wasn't like some little genius that was buying crypto at that age. So I've been holding for years and not earning any yield, obviously. Um, you shouldn't be able to earn yield on Bitcoin in the first place. So uh <laughs> I, but So I hadn't cashed out a ton. And then I heard that you could leave your crypto sitting somewhere and earn some passive income. And I like the idea of making money doing nothing. So I put a bunch of my crypto into Celsius for that reason. So, I mean, and, I, yeah. And then when you tell your non-crypto friends about this, what do they say? Were they like, why, why would you do something like this? <laughs> um, I mean, I, th- I think that before... Celsius went down, like I had 
told a couple of my friends that I like, like they would ask me about crypto and I said that I was leaving some in Celsius and it was earning passive income and they all loved the idea. Of that. Like, <laughs> some of them were like, I want to do that. I mean, thankfully none of them did. Like I didn't, I didn't get anyone into Celsius. But um, yeah, so, I mean, they all thought it was really cool. And then when it went down, I feel like, I mean, I, I even was just like, all right, yeah, that was that was too good to be true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a dumb idea. This was yeah. a dumb idea. <laughs> I had asked a couple of people on this like other discord that I was on. They were like, not your keys, not your coin. Yeah. I was like, but everyone loves Celsius. It seems so easy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm very well aware of the not your keys, not your coins phrase, but I'm like, I do like, like not working. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that you bought on Celsius, right? You, you put your money in, into Celsius, but what about, I want to know, like, as a, like a baseline, what are the scammy cryptos that you didn't get into? Like when, when was your spidey sense up? You're like, Oh, this is a scam. I never got into Dogecoin, Shiba Inu, like, although yeah. those have pumped a lot. So, I mean, maybe I could have gotten it. Behind Doge, so, I mean, I kind of regret that purchase, actually. Like, I still think it's fucking stupid, but uh, I, I never got in on that. Um, yeah, I don't buy a ton of crypto. I mean, I mean, I haven't bought a ton of, like, random coins. I mostly have Bitcoin, ETH, and I bought, like, a, a few little things that are related to ETH, like Polygon or Matic. And uh, Ave, and I, I don't know. I have a, a, a little bit in other cryptos, but mostly Bitcoin ETH. I also had a lot of Solana, which is down now after yeah, FTX I, went down. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I but, know. Yeah, me too. Anyways, uh, so the, uh, <laughs> I guess building on that, like, do you do you believe what part of crypto do you believe in, or or are I mean, I'm a gambler. I like to gamble, <laughs> and so that's what kind of is the allure for me. What what draws you in? I mean, <laughs> I like that there's a limited supply of Bitcoin. I mean, honestly, okay, I, I got into crypto because my relative was Bitcoin mining. So I, I, I've never been some crypto evangelist where I'm just gung-ho and telling everyone they need to buy Bitcoin or ETH or anything like that. So, I mean, I've been holding kind of speculatively for years and that investment has done well. So um, that's my main, like, I, I like that about Bitcoin. Um, I like that there's limited supply. Like, there will never be more than 21 million uh, Bitcoin, whereas obviously dollars can be printed whenever uh, whenever that is decided. So, uh, I mean, I like that aspect. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm as gung-ho about crypto as, as a lot of other people in the space, so I'm not going to go on some big rant about it. But, I mean, I think there are some, some pros <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, though. It's there are other these like crypto maxis out there that are just constantly saying this will like revolutionize the world. Everything's going to change. And then now those same people are like, we need regulation to make sure that it's fair for everybody. <laughs> I feel like in bull markets, I'm like, oh, this is going to change the world. It's really going to change the world this time. And then it, and then everything crashes. And I'm like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> but, I, mean, I, I think there will be more bull markets. But I'm just like, I remember the euphoria of like the last few bull markets when I was like, oh, new paradigm shift, like everything's changing. And then it all goes back down. And I'm like, oh, yeah, back to where we started. I mean, what's interesting is that there are still big banks buying crypto. Like they are still buying it. So like, I, I think it's just going to end up like everything else where like big banks are just going to run everything. And that's very like, possible. Very yeah, possible. I don't know what else. And I don't really buy into this. Like they're going to, you know, crypto is going to change the world or anything like that. I think, you know, the blockchain is great software. I'm sure it can yeah. be used for something, but like no cryptocurrency has made me a screwdriver yet. All right. There's never yeah. been like a tangible product that someone's been able to send me. I did get into a uh, NFT scam last year. Oh, uh, <laughs> Fraudsters podcast, and you're just getting scammed. That's what I was. Girl, I was asking him, like, did he do this on purpose to see what it's like, like to feel yeah. fraud? Yeah, <laughs> research. I yeah, like I lost, like I lost a hundred thousand for for content. So yeah. <laughs> well, I I mean to say I lost it for content would be a very also bad investment because this is well, not that's, paying. That's actually what happened with me though, because I wasn't planning on ever being a content creator or making a YouTube channel. I didn't even tweet since like fucking college. Like I think my last tweets were like in 20, uh, somewhere between 2012 and 2016. I don't know. Like I hadn't gone on Twitter for years. Like the only reason I started posting was because I lost it. What was once 
during the bull market, over a quarter million to Celsius. So uh, I, I guess I did lose a lot of money for content. So I, I did that. <laughs> you did. You got to fill that gap with something, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, tell God. me, what, uh, what have you learned about Mashinsky and the people that are close to him since the crash, or maybe even before the crash? Did you know a lot about Mashinsky? Were, was your, were your antennas up at all? Or what did you think about him before? And the thing is, I put my money in just because I wanted passive income. Like, I wasn't God, someone who was watching same. every AMA. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's some people who were watching every AMA, and they were really gung-ho about machines, yeah. really big believers in the vision and wanting to change the world. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I just put it in because I wanted some money. So, no, I didn't I didn't follow him too much prior to Celsius shutting down. Um, so I didn't have, like, too big a perception of him. Obviously, when it did shut down and I was watching videos of him saying all these, like, grandiose statements, I was like, this dude's a fucking narcissist. Like, so <laughs> I, obviously, I had the hindsight and, like, I, I obviously knew what ended up happening. So I was able to approach it from that lens. But I'm like, these, like, grandiose statements about changing the world. I was like, ah, oh, this feels sociopathic. And, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, Once you uh, talk to the guy or, or see him talk, you're like, oh, this is a, such a problem this man <laughs> and, yeah. so, and i we just talked about how i spent like just a few hours looking at the patents that he's claimed to have authored and how he invented voice over ip i debunked yep. it in a half hour like it was so quick i could have researched this very easily totally, totally. like he's been very adamant that he invented voip or voip yeah. or whatever i'm like that is I, i'm pretty sure that's completely untrue i i don't know what you found like i've heard that he has put out some patents that are like remote, like basically like yeah. related to VoIP, but he certainly did not invent VoIP. It's exactly right. It's, it's like kind of in the same area, the lead up a little bit to it and some other adjacent technologies, but like he took, he's taking credit from someone mm-hmm. else's. Insane, really. fucking insane. <laughs> so then the crash <laughs> happens. Tell me what, like, what did you learn about Mashinsky since the crash? Because you've been dialed in. You've leaked internal audio recordings from Celsius that are hilarious. You've 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 been on the, like the tip of the spear of this thing. Tell us, like, dish us some tea on the Mashinskys. Oh, God. I mean, on the Mashinskys, I need to think about who I've spoken to that actually knew Mashinsky really well. Like, you know, Jason Stone, he was the head of DeFi at Celsius. And we've been chatting here and there. Um, and he wants to, I might talk to him soon and get more details, but I mean, he basically said that he thinks Mashinsky is a, a complete, like, narcissist, sociopath, but that he really believes the lies. So, like, Mashinsky wouldn't know that he's actually lying because he fully believes in all the lies he's been telling. That's sort of how, how Jason We talk about it. that a lot, the reality distortion field. It's yes. like very common here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the recurring things I've heard about him. I personally haven't spoken to Mishinsky. I, I guess I've spoken with Chrissy on, like, social media a couple <laughs> times. Like, she's accused me of, like, hacking into Google and Zoom. And, like, I, so I've had my arguments with Chrissy more so than... Mashinsky. I've mostly just yelled at Mashinsky. He has said nothing back to me. Wow. As he probably shouldn't, he should probably keep his mouth shut and uh, <laughs> like go away. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think both of them have just been really brazen after the bankruptcy. Even like Chrissy made Unbankrupt Yourself shirt, made a Celsiusopoly shirt, uh, board game. She's been like posting videos of their Manhattan penthouse, just so shoving it in everyone's That face. we paid for. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like that's our fucking customer funds, basically. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they're both fucking insane. I want to hear more about that accusation. Uh, they said you hacked into Zoom. Because so I started posting kind of just whiny videos about the fact that I lost a bunch of money to Celsius. Then I started posting updates on the bankruptcy just because that's what I was looking at at the time. So I was just updating people on what was happening in the bankruptcy. And then employees inside the company started leaking me information. Like I didn't ask anyone for it. I'm I'm thankful they sent Mm. it, but I didn't ask anyone. But I started receiving like internal audios of um, their meetings. So the first one I posted was like, their plans to reopen as Kelvin. Um, so like Celsius and Kelvin, like yeah. it's just another, another unit. <laughs> so I posted that and then Chrissy Mashinsky accused me of hacking into their Google and Zoom mm. systems in order to obtain that, which is completely <laughs> untrue. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I think I told her, I was like, if I had, if I knew how to hack Google and Zoom, I would have my fucking coins back, Chrissy. So yeah. um, <laughs> I was going to say, gonna do, you say computer, do you have a <laughs> yeah. computer science background or anything like that? Yeah I, yeah, I have no, I have no background in computer science or anything. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've had some public spats with her, but I think they're both insane. So yes, they're a match made in heaven at this point. Very, very cute. And so the other like frustrating or really sad part about this, like you and I had money in urn and, and, and you know in Celsius, but a lot of people took out loans against yeah. their crypto. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing a, on a lot of these message boards people talking about how they put their savings for their life basically in Celsius and then leveraged it for their homes uh, or their lives or to pay for their kids' school. What? Where do you think, where do you, what, how do you think they got to that point? What do you think the allure was of getting involved in something like that and really risking tangible amounts of money, like really life changing amounts of money in there? Yeah. I feel like the, the idea of using crypto as collateral when it's so volatile is so like, <laughs> I don't it's know. Crazy. I, I don't think it's a good idea. I've never, I've never taken out a loan. Um, but I mean, Alex Mashinsky was basically saying, like, if you're selling your crypto, you're stupid. Like, you should be taking out loans against your crypto so that you don't have to pay taxes. Like, he was certainly luring people in um, saying that, even though I don't think that using uh, crypto as collateral is necessarily smart. I don't, I don't know. I don't. And not to knock anyone that put, that took a loan out, but Alex was kind of touting it as something that was very safe and the smart thing to do. And then obviously everyone is fucked now. So. <laughs> Because people, wealthy people, will take out loans against their own assets, right? Or like with real estate, or yeah, with other assets. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, not not like it's anyone's fault for using crypto as collateral, but I feel like using real estate or something seems more reasonable to me. And crypto right. is so vulnerable that it seems riskier. But I I also have never tried taking out a loan on crypto. And I know really smart people who do it. So, I mean, I'm, not to knock that idea in itself, but Alec Mashinsky was definitely touting it as like the smart, safe way to do this. That's <laughs> no. the problem. And I think mm-hmm. the whole vibe around Celsius or the whole, at least the videos I watched, <laughs> were like, it's a trustworthy platform. Did you see that as well? Was that your experience? Totally. I mean, I wasn't watching it when I put money in. I was a dumb bitch and I just put it in completely blindly. <laughs> but I mean, Alex, so was Cena. I mean, Don't let him fool you. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm stupid. I, I, I should have like done research into this. I was just like, I guess I'll spend like a quarter million in selfies. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I did. I Alex was certainly saying that Celsius was safer than a bank, and like this is, I don't know, that this was just the the safe way to go about everything. I don't even think I watched any Alex Mashinsky videos before using Celsius. I mostly think yeah. I just watched a lot of influencers talk about and promote Celsius. And I think they were often people who I like vaguely trusted and thought were intelligent. And I was like, oh, if they're doing it, they've all had no issues. And that's also something Alex would repeatedly say, like, no one's ever had issues with drawing from Celsius. Like there've never been any issues. We're so safe, et cetera. So I was just like, oh, like no one's had issues. Like, I think, I think it's fine. So I just threw some money in. It's exactly so. what happened to me as well. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Celsius, talking about these loans, they were giving loans, not just to retail investors, right? They were giving loans to institutions. And one of those was Alameda Research uh, that was connected to FTX. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really realize that that was the connection too, because I remember seeing, and I don't know if I have the timeline right, but I remember seeing SBF in your mentions. And like he was, he started following you for the same reason I did because of Celsius. And yeah. I didn't realize now I see like, oh shit, we just got a loan from this place that's blowing up. And even at that time, Sam Bankman Fried was still like the golden child of crypto. Yeah. He was going to yeah. save everyone and bail out all the other places that were yep. blowing up. Yep. Was he everyone DMing? Was, everyone was mentioning me and they were like, get SBF to simp and buy Celsius. Like everyone was like <laughs> begging me to like get Sam to buy Celsius assets. Well, and he, it's, it would be would have been terrible, even worse for everybody I else, know. right? <laughs> Did he ever DM you? Um, no. So he started following me when I per- posted that first leak. Um, so I DM'd him just because he randomly started following me. I wasn't following him. So I was like, wait, is this that SBF guy? That one that's like super big in this crypto space? Like I was like, oh shit. So I was just surprised he followed me and I wasn't even following him at the time. 
Um, and so I just messaged him and I was like, Hey, thanks for the follow. Like I was nervous to post about the Celsius. I think I said like, cause that was my first leak. It was an internal audio. I was actually nervous that I was going to get like sued or something. So I think I was like, Oh, I was nervous to post about Celsius, but appreciate the follow or something like that. Um, and then, so we just spoke really briefly that day. It was September 13th. Um, and he was just like, Oh, you really didn't know who sent it to you. Um, something along those lines. So we spoke really briefly that day and, uh, we hadn't had any DMS, um, after that until FTX has collapsed, but he did comment on like a few of my posts just saying like, LOL, or, and he, he told someone that he was following me to get the stealthiest news. Cause he was like, yeah, she's been posting leaks. So I'm, po- I'm following her for the stealthiest news because yeah. I started getting accusations of being an FTX plant or something like that. I'm like, oh I don't have money in FTX. I had, I'd never spoken to Sam before September 13th. So I don't know. And when FTX blew up, I was like, this is the only crypto I have not been scammed by. This is the (laughs) (laughs) I avoided one of them. It was the one I was like, hey, man, they're everywhere. I don't think I think that's shady. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I was pouring money into Celsius. FTX blows up and somehow not ABC News, which they would eventually George Stephanopoulos would end up talking to him, not CNN. Right. Or any of these like, you know, not, you know, Barbara Walters is dead, but I was going to say her. But (laughs) Tiffany Fong gets an interview with SBF. How what? That's what I thought, too. Like FTX went down. I never expected FTX to go down. So I was shocked. Sam was already following me. I knew that I was like already in his like DMs because like whatever primary DMs, not in that like request folder. So I was like, okay, I have a line of communication with him. I'm like a fucking nobody. Like I I doubt he's going to respond, but I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot and be like, Hey Sam, like I saw, I've been seeing a lot in the news recently about FTX. Everything looks really bad. Uh, would you, would you be open to chatting? I'd love to like hear your side of the story. Um, and I was, I was assuming like fucking Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, like everyone is reaching out to this guy. Like this was the biggest, one of the biggest players in the crypto space. So I was like, he's not going to respond to me. Also, he shouldn't respond to anyone because if he's being like accused of all, all these. He's getting indicted. Fraud, yeah. I was like. He shouldn't be responding or talking to anyone. So I was like, he's not going to respond. So I thought nothing of it. I think I sent that on November 11th and he didn't respond for a few days. So I just went about my life, not expecting any response. I think I was even like rudely tweeting. <laughs> I think I was like sending <laughs> tweets to him. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. And then a few days later on November 16th at like almost one, or it was like midnight. I was out to drinks. Like I was honestly drunk at that time. <laughs> And um, he he responded to me, hey, I'd love to chat, like happy to chat. (laughs) He said, hey, happy to chat, free for the next hour or so for what it's worth. Um, So I like ran home from a bar that day, (laughs) like with no questions lined up. I was not expecting to hear from Sam Bankman Freed immediately after bankruptcy. So I like ran home drunk and I was like, oh, I I need to think of like some questions to ask him. (laughs) So I, I was completely unprepared for that. But he randomly gave me like the first like, audio interview (laughs) incredible (laughs) and then was he what was like i I, you can all hear the audio on the internet but what i want to know is like what is his what was his vibe like what did did he like snort a line of adderall before he got on like what was his energy in the interview (laughs) as i like hit my jewel um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so bad um when he got on the phone, he was like surprisingly calm and chipper, like for for someone whose entire empire had just collapsed. Like I was expecting him to sound really distraught and like upset, but he was just like, "Hey, it's Sam." Uh, I was like, "Hey, Sam, how how are you doing?" And he was like, "Eh, hasn't been the best week." So he like he he seemed so like blasé about it. And I was just like, "What the." Oh, it hasn't Um, been the best week. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell if he was kind of joking. Like I laughed because I get nervously. I was just like, yeah, certainly hasn't been the best week for you. Um, But I feel like I couldn't tell if he was just in denial at that stage or like it hadn't hit him yet. So I kind of was like, this is weird, but I'll just give it a free pass. But I mean, the more I've spoken to him, because he still talks to me like 
I don't know why, but I'm um, like, I still, I've chatted with him pretty recently. And um, I think he always kind of sounds that way. Like, I think that when I've spoken to him, he's more just said that like, he doesn't seem to, to feel, he doesn't seem to feel any happiness. Like he's, he's said that to me, like he doesn't feel happiness really, but um, he also doesn't feel like really extreme lows. So I think that's just part of his personality. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard him like ultra distraught or anything like that like I haven't seen him like verging tears or anything so I mean but I think that's like it seems odd but I think that's part of his personality I don't know if his personality this man is, is medicated yeah like. I was gonna say that <laughs> sounds like medicated. an SSRI yeah, <laughs> he's certainly medicated like he definitely is medicated uh, he's told me that even before he started taking medications like he he always felt that way like he never felt really like extreme emotions but um yeah, I have, I've like visited him at his house or his parents' house in uh, Palo Alto. And uh, there, he certainly has like the MSAM boxes kind of all over the house. So uh, he's oh. definitely medicated. Um, but I don't think it's like recreational. I don't think that's like a, a fun drug. I think it's just no, like- No, he's a, just like trying to stay baseline. I get that. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, so, yeah. yeah, a good chunk of the entire industry just got wiped out because of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his yes. girlfriend, which is incredible as well from Alameda Research. Caroline, shout out Caroline. Shout out Caroline. <laughs> Alameda took that money Great from Celsius Caroline. and that shit is gone. Uh, good for you. Thanks. I'm glad we got to give them money. So that's why I wanted to bring up FTX because we, you know, uh, Jackie was on earlier and she said, did you give money to FTX? I was like, technically, yes, but no. And like I didn't, but indirectly our money did go to FTX uh, and Alameda. FTX customers in Alameda, they're like, yeah, did did they technically give money to FTX? No, but they gave it, like, it ended up at Alameda. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we've all, it, I feel like all the crypto companies are so incestual and intertwined. Like all of them have lent out to one another. So everything just kind of has collapsed altogether over the past Completely. Season. Yeah. So thanks for, for giving us that whole rundown. I guess my, my last question here, and Ariel and Justin, jump in, please, if you got stuff as well, but what was the response when you shared your experience about Celsius? Because when I've shared my experience about getting scammed in crypto, people were not very nice. And so what, what was the response for you when you went on YouTube and started sharing? Um. I, people were actually nice because my very first video I ever posted was just about like, I lost a bunch of money to Celsius. Like I wasn't promoting anything. I wasn't chilling anything. I was just like, well, and I, and in the video, I was calling myself a dumb bitch. Cause I was like, I know people are going to call me a dumb bitch. So I'm just like, yes, I'm fucking stupid. I shouldn't have left it in Celsius. So like, you can spare me the like lecture. Like I'm like, I'm done. Not your keys, yeah. not your coins. Like I even <laughs> said that in my video, although I did still get some men comment, like not your keys, not your coins. I'm like, I, I know, I know that's very <laughs> obvious now. Like, yes, I'm aware of that statement. You don't need to lecture me. I get it. Um, so, I mean, I got a couple of those like lecture-esque responses. What does that even mean? We have said that 12 times on this pod and I'm just like <laughs> nodding along, but I have no <laughs> idea what that means. That You know what? I think that's the point. I'm not supposed to know what it means. And I will Stay continue to, yeah, staying out. <laughs> Yeah, no, probably the best move. I mean, actually, I guess everything's down now, so maybe it's a good move to buy. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's, She's trying to pull like, me. People are investing advice, and I'm like, I bought fucking Coinbase stock, stock on IPO day. Like, I'm fucking, I, I left money in Celsius. I'm like, why are you asking me for investing advice? Like, don't, don't take my advice. Don't do this. Um, <laughs> I think the response was mostly sympathetic I guess but also I was like laughing in my video because I just thought I was stupid I was like I'm fucking stupid for doing this so I was like laughing in my video so some people were like why are you laughing like you 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 lost so much money which I guess is the same thing as Sam's response to the collapse of FTX where he would seemed kind of unfazed unfazed I was like laughing just because I'm just like yep that was my fault I fucked myself um and I don't know. I, I it's I don't know. I feel like I usually like laugh when my life is in tatters. Also, I was like I was already going through a breakup in my personal life at the time when Celsius went oh. down. So when Celsius went down, I was just like, well, that's just a cherry on top. So it was more just like comical to me almost that my life was just all falling apart at the same time. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I was laughing about it. But um, yeah. Not did your did your ex leave you and was like, you were in this Celsius thing. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, we broke up like a week or two before Celsius at the time. Oh he goodness. still thought I was, he still thought I was rich, but uh, oh, <laughs> <that's good. laughs> yeah. Leave on a high note. That's right. Yeah. 
I had a higher <laughs> net worth than him. So <laughs> not a, maybe not anymore, though. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? We didn't talk about how you met Joe Biden. You got to go to the White House. Oh, Tell yeah. us about that. You took you, you were like trolling the White House, too, with your photos. It was incredible. <laughs> I was fucking trolling Joe Biden. I'm like, thanks for letting me into the White House. I will now disrespect you publicly. Um, <laughs> um, uh, okay, everyone, everyone has turned this into a big conspiracy theory that I'm a federal agent, which I guess has lined up with the fact that I ended up being one of the first people to talk to Sam Bakeman Freed. So people think that I guess I'm like a government agent or in the FBI. I don't know what even the conspiracy theory is but i've been accused multiple times of being a fed and i'm like i'm too fucking dumb to even know like the different departments of like i, I don't i don't know anything about that uh actually that that sounded very fed like but um <laughs> yeah. like, so that rumor started because i was one of the first to talk to sam bakeman freed and then i i ended up going to the white house christmas party so people correlated those thinking that i work for the government um but how that happened was <clears throat> that actually happened like my the invite to the White House came before I even started talking to Sam Bakeman Freed. So someone that was just following me on YouTube and Twitter who worked for I think it was the special secret oh secret services secret service, um, and he was following me on YouTube and Twitter and he just emailed me and the headline of the email was just like invite to the White House and I was just like this is a fucking scam like I yeah. I, I saw that <laughs> I was like, this is a fucking scam but he wrote me like a long message about like how he worked in whatever secret service. And um, he wrote me like a long message and was like, I just like think you have like an awesome personality and I wanted to invite you to the White House. And he like included a picture of him at the last White House Christmas party. So I was like, okay, maybe it's not a scam. Is he asking you on a date? Did a secret yeah, service a officer, was he a date? Secret service, baby. <laughs> oh my god! Not so secret anymore. I will. I'm also open to someone who wants to take me to the Met Gala or other <laughs> high profile events that oh, yeah. I will never be invited to myself. Like slide into my DM with evidence that you can take me to the Met Gala or at the White House again, or anything that I personally would never be invited to. And I'm happy to attend if you have evidence and you're not going to kidnap me. So yes. <laughs> So I, I think I straight up responded to his email and I was like, is this a scam? Are you going to kidnap me? And he was like, he was very like, he's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to kidnap you. I made him send me a picture of him holding up his government ID with three fingers. Cause I'm like, can't be fucking Photoshop. And you need to send it to me within the next like five fucking minutes. So you don't go and Photoshop some weird shit. So um, he sent me a picture of him with his government ID holding three fingers. I made him email me from his government email address. Like, I was just like, I cannot be scammed. I'm not, like, going to get kidnapped right now. Like, um, <laughs> So, yeah, he, he verified that it was all real. I had him send me the, like, official invite from the White House. Um, and, yeah, I said yes because I'm like, I'm not – I'm never going to be invited to the White House. I'm, like, a fucking nobody. I'm, I just, like, troll people on the Internet. So um, I absolutely said yes to that. And I ate a lot of their food and I drank a lot of their free, free liquor. So it was wow. very fun. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. And, yeah. People made a lot of the Joe Biden picture, but every attendee of the White House Christmas party, yes. everyone gets like a card uh, with like a color. And then when your color is car called, you can line up and take a picture with Joe Biden. So people think that that means I'm like cozy with Biden. But I was like, <laughs> I just lined up for the photo. Like I said, yes, yes. to a random dude on the Internet for a date. And I, I lined up for a picture. So, no, I don't personally know Joe Biden, but I did like troll him immediately afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were in the you, you, you were in the State of the Union. He's like, it reminds me of Tiffany, who I met um, at the White House and she had invested. And uh, yeah, and he told a really long story about you. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see all that. the energy and vigor. <laughs> Wait, who? Oh, yeah, Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, long yes. story about that. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, very far. It's been a wild journey. Tiffany Fong, thank you so much for being on Fraudsters and uh, sharing your story. Uh, please be nice to Tiffany. I know you will. And, and please be nice to me. We This is a vulnerable thing we just did. <laughs> Very vulnerable. I'm glad I feel we so, be so vulnerable together. Safe space. Safe space. I feel so close to you right now. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will grant you an interview at midnight. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, thank you, Tiffany, and everyone for listening to Fraudsters. Uh, this is the season finale. This is the last episode of season three. We're going to take a week off and then come back for another edition of Fraud Wires. We're going to do some Instagram live streams. Fraud Wires will also be live streamed on the last podcast network, Twitch. You can check us out there. Justin, you have some stuff coming up. Hey, for you guys that are going to be in the New York City area, I will be recording a new stand-up album at Caveat in Manhattan on the Lower East Side on May 6th at 9.30 p.m. The show features Gay Pacheco and Iman El Husseini. Come on out before tickets sell out. Tickets will go on sale in late March, so holla at me. All right, Ariel, you've got some uh, stuff going on as well. Oh boy, I've got a thing. Come see us at Super Video Brothers where we talk shit about music videos. Uh, QED Astoria, Thursday, March 23rd at 7.30. Come through. It's a party. You don't want to miss it. And so Fraud Wires this offseason will have interviews with experts. We'll also have comedians come back as well. We'll have some people from other parts of Last Podcast Network. You can watch it all at twitch.tv slash lastpodcastnetwork. It starts Monday, March 27th, 7.30 Eastern Time will be our first live stream Fraud Wire. And we'll be back in the summertime with season four. And you're going to love it. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Twitter at Cena Now. Follow Justin Williams on Instagram at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy. Follow Ariel Lieti on Twitter at Ariel Lieti. Check out the show notes for the show's social media links so you can follow us and see the resources we use for this episode. Frosters is hosted by me, Cena Gaznavi, Justin Williams, and Ariel Lieti. Producer is Jordan Aconcia. Production coordinator is Noreen Malik. Editor is Ryan Connor. Our writer is Nick Turner. Our researcher is Emily Fusco. Music by Grant Gordon. Robert Rosigliano is our legal intern. Executive producer is me, Cena Gaznavi. This has been a production of Zero Cool and the Last Podcast Network. 